This is ContactTalkRadio.com. Consciousness in action. And you are taking action into your consciousness by tuning into Contact Talk Radio. And on TuneIn.com, Hing.fm, and Upsnap Mobile. Contact Talk Radio. That Naturopathic Podcast. TNP. Hello there. Hi, and thanks for joining us. I'm Dr. Cara Denisio. And I'm Dr. David Miller, and we hear your frustrations. This show is for you. This show is for you if you're feeling like your current healthcare strategy is not getting to the root cause or the underlying reasons for your health. This show is for you if you've been told that you're fine, but you definitely don't feel very well. This show is for you if you're walking out of your doctor's office with one, two, three, four, or even five medications without any mention of diet, lifestyle, or a long-term game plan. This show is for you if you've got several specialists taking care of you, but no one is really putting it all together. This show is for you if you believe that health should be part of health care. These problems have solutions. We know it. Our patients know it. And we want you to know it. Naturopathic medicine is the solution that you need to know about. All right, here we are again on that naturopathic podcast. I'm Dr. Kara. And I'm Dr. Dave. And we got a we got a really cool guest today. It's gonna be hard to sneak in all the wisdom he's got. Um, who are we talking to, Kara? So today we're talking to Dr. Amit Agrawal, and he is joining us all the way from Africa today. So we're embracing this new virtual reality. Welcome, doctor. Thanks a lot. How are you guys doing? Good, good. Doing well. Thanks so much for joining us. Where are you exactly? I'm in a little town called Nanyuki um, in Kenya. It's on the foothills of Mount Kenya, right on the equator. So water spins down the toilet one way on one side and the other way on the other side of the cool. equator. It's true. <laughs> Very neat. Very neat. Now, you have such a, you know, you joined us at, uh, or we joined you at the Canadian College of Naturopathic Medicine. I think you were a few years ahead of us. And we just love your story and we love that it kind of busts out some stereotypes of what naturopathic doctors do. And so could you just tell us a little bit about yourself um, and your journey uh, to, to where you are right now? Um, so I guess the biggest accomplishment I made in my life was doing mobile clinics for poor communities in northern parts of Kenya, communities who, were, who didn't have any medical services or minimal. And so I would drive around in a Jeep and treat these communities mostly with homeopathy. And um, I also use psychotherapy a lot. So today's topic, when we're going to talk about mental health, I'll, I'll teach people how to combine psychotherapy and naturopathic medicine mm -hmm. and why naturopathic medicine is essential for mental health, actually. And a lot of doctors are referring clients now to more holistic therapists, such as naturopaths, because naturopaths understand how to treat the root cause of mental health and how to combine that with psychotherapy as well so you get more long-term well-being. Um, yeah, so that's my story. Uh, the mobile clinics are a very fun way of treating. Go camping out in the bush, sleeping with lions and elephants and leopards. And, and you'd have and students join you, correct? You'd have naturopathic have students, students from all over the world uh, yeah. joining me, and then I would supervise them. And we would sleep out in the tent under the stars you know, see elephants on the way uh, going to treat patients and treating mostly the Maasai and Samburu communities out here and seeing anything from, you know, failed liver because of alcohol, like bad alcohol in the bush, lots of eye infections for children, respiratory conditions, everything that you see in normal practice, except that um, we're using very, very basic medicine to treat these people um, because it's not sustainable to give them supplements, to be honest. Mm. So homeopathy was the thing that worked best because you can give them a few tablets and it goes really deep, really fast and it helps them a lot. And you don't want to introduce artificial or, you know, things like supplements out there because you hardly get those things. Sure. But homeopathy in a way seemed really effective because you don't need it for long term. Mm -hmm. It takes the person out of the disease state very fast. And um, the communities loved it. Yeah, they only complained because they didn't get lots of medicines. Because with homeopathy, you just need <laughs> a small dose of stuff, right? Yeah. Um, so they would. They, they I mean, that means you're doing well. That means you're doing well. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So. No, so that's interesting though, because because uh, 
um, homeopathy, like I, Kara and I both use it in, in clinical practice, but I think you're just working in such a unique environment there that you're using it for more what would probably be considered a lot of stuff like uh, primary care that maybe Kara and I would refer out a lot of time, right, Kara? I, mm-hmm. I mean, I don't want to speak for you, but I, w- I would think that a lot of time in our environment, where we are in, in North America, I, I would refer out some of that stuff. So it's yeah, really if interesting. If I saw an eye infection, that would be easy referral to an optometrist. Yeah, maybe even your sister. Maybe even my sister. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Someone I mean, in my family treating, will cover it. <laughs> the places I was treating, there's no, there was no doctor. Like some, there were doctors in the area, some there weren't, right? Mm-hmm. And um, yeah, they could go get antibiotics, but I, they were just responding really well to the homeopathy as well. Right, mm-hmm. and of course, if you avoid the antibiotics, then you protect the gut. You don't uh, compromise. You don't destroy the immune system of a person. Um, it's amazing so how creative you can get, and how when you, you know, it reminds me of some of our internships at, at CCNM in serving some underserviced communities where the resources weren't necessarily there. I mean, much more than what you're dealing with. But you know, there's when you get creative in naturopathic medicine, we can do some really cool things amazing stuff yeah yeah because homeopathy which i'll talk about can actually treat past traumas as well which is super important for mental health mm-hmm. um we'll go into that when we're talking about trauma how the different shock remedies exist so if somebody has been abused in their childhood or saw an accident or a terrorist attack um i treat a lot of people from terrorist attacks for example homeopathy works amazingly well to release that trauma which is super important and what took you on that, uh, that journey? What, what was it that, you know, led you on the path of specializing, you know, in mental health and also training as a psychotherapist on top of being a naturopath? Like what, what took you in that direction? Um, I always think it was a mistake, to be honest, because I didn't believe in psychotherapy. <laughs> um, I was uh, just a hardcore Rasta guy, you know, with dreads and thinking, oh, I, don't, I don't believe in all that emotion. We remember <laughs> the dreads. <laughs> <laughs> so um, I just ended up at the Gestalt Institute of Toronto because my girlfriend at that time was enrolling and I thought okay let me just check this out she convinced me and um, a very powerful experience to be honest um, I was bullied a lot in boarding school and also suffered abandonment issues because I hated boarding school and just your parents leaving you at a place and then you having no no power to say no mm-hmm. and um, so a lot of was that in Kenya that was in Kenya, yeah. Okay. And then we were beaten every day in different schools. Uh, there was corporal punishment here. So, you know, you think these are normal things to experience, but they, they add baggage to the brain, right? And they add belief systems. And so, and I'd also gone through a few breakups in my life, which were all affecting me, the way I perceived life, the way I interacted with people. And these past traumas were, were contributing to a sense of unease, a sense of low confidence, which is all about mental health, right? And if I was stressed, then these past traumas would be triggered in a way, right? Because if, if you're traumatized as a child, then when you're faced with tr- stress in your adult life, the stress in your adult life actually triggers the stress response from childhood. Right. And so you might overreact or you might feel powerless or you might blame yourself a lot or, or blame somebody else in the same pattern that you were programmed to do as a child. And so by healing the past, using psychotherapy or even homeopathy, which is amazing for, for past traumas, then what happens is you become more emotionally resilient. So you don't collapse under stress. Right, so you don't burn out and you don't fall into anxiety and depression. I'll tell you how anxiety and depression starts, but you don't you don't have a tendency towards anxiety and depression anymore. When you when you heal the past and also the foundations of health, which are the gut, the liver, and the adrenal system, which we'll go into more detail about. Um, when you heal these foundations, especially with naturopathic medicine, I think naturopathic doctors are the only ones who know how to treat the gut, liver, adrenal system in a very combined holistic way. Right. And so by using this approach, mental health becomes so. Yeah, because I mean, I mean, I don't I, I, I didn't uh, warn you about this question, but like the way I 
the way I view mental health is it's just part of health, right? It's one perspective of health. And <clears throat> if you're taking care of overall health, which we know gut, liver, adrenals are pretty key for taking care of the, you know, the house of the mind, if you want to, I mean, mm-hmm. there's lots of, you could get into a lot of debates about that, but as far as I know, you need to have a mind and a, and a body at the same time. And so supporting one will support the other. Do you want to talk a little bit about, uh, the gut liver adrenal, uh, uh, correlation, because I haven't, those three. Yeah. So I've heard gut brain and I've heard of, you know, HPA axis, like the, the, the brain and adrenal axis, but, uh, putting those three together actually is, uh, I don't know if it's unique to you or whatever, but I, I know they're, they're sort of cornerstones of what naturopaths deal with. Could you sort of, um, cause, cause even I don't really know exactly the, the links that you're going through there. Could you just give us a quick sort of uh, course on gut liver adrenals. Absolutely, with pleasure. My 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 whole book is on that, and my online course as well on how to treat the gut, liver, brain, and the mind. Okay, so we start. It's a small biology lesson, right? So we have the gut, and the gut is like a nice lining, like a tube. It's kept healthy by good bacteria and good food. This lining, and with antibiotic use, poor diet, etc., this lining gets damaged, right? Especially when the probiotics, the good bacteria in your gut, get killed off. And when this lining gets damaged, toxins leak in the bloodstream and cause inflammation everywhere in the body, leading cause for asthma, eczema, arthritis, etc. Now, number one, the good bacteria in your gut, they actually produce serotonin and GABA and a lot of neurotransmitters. So a lot of your brain chemicals are actually produced in your gut. So when these are destroyed with um, bad food and antibiotics and over-medication, then already your mental health suffers. Now, let's go to all the toxins that are now floating in your body because of leaky gut, a damaged intestine. When you get chronic inflammation, basically, there's a demand for cortisol. And um, cortisol is produced by your adrenal glands. So with chronic inflammation, you get a a chronic cortisol demand. And then cortisol goes out of balance, especially with adrenal fatigue. Yeah, so inflammation causes adrenal fatigue as well as stress. Yeah. So when we have adrenal fatigue going on, you get the cortisol imbalance, which suppresses melatonin, serotonin, dopamine, and GABA. So your brain chemicals start dropping. That's because of inflammation affecting cortisol levels, affecting yeah, the adrenal system. Now you have all this inflammation also going on in your body, creating toxicity. And toxicity then goes to the liver, especially. And the liver is like the master controller of hormones and different things. And so... In Chinese medicine, when you have liver toxicity or liver stagnation, then you go into a hormonal imbalance. So usually progesterone drops. And um, when progesterone drops, GABA works less effectively in the brain. So you're more prone to anxiety, for example. The liver also detoxifies lactic acid from your body, converts it back into glucose for storage, glucose or glycogen. And... Um, so if your liver is compromised, then you're going to have higher levels of lactic acid floating around your blood. So you're going to be more prone to anxiety, right? So, and the liver also produces bile, this beautiful juice that basically helps with digestion and also helps the probiotics, the good bacteria in your gut flourish. So if you have liver stagnation, then you're going to have a compromised gut environment. So you're going to get more gas, bloating, constipation, and what we call the dysbiosis, an imbalance of good flora. Um, so that's how the gut-liver-adrenal system works. The, the last thing I want to mention, though, the adrenal glands are, number one, getting tired with chronic inflammation. Number two, they're getting really tired with chronic stress because mm-hmm. stress stimulates your adrenal system to produce adrenaline to cope with stress. And now the thing is, if you're traumatized in the past, yeah, whether it's sexual abuse, physical abuse, you see your parents fighting or your family went through divorces, whatever conflict you might have seen, um, these memories, these traumatic experiences are imprinted into your limbic brain, into your nervous system. And so your body's in a perpetual state of defense or uncertainty and always compromised, even though you might think you're okay. And what happens is, because of this compromised state, your adrenal glands are always in a vigilant state. So they're, they're aroused, they're going to arousal very fast. So when you're stressed, they will burn out faster than a person who has not been traumatized. And so when you get a Is it like burnout, the threshold, Amit? It's like the threshold to get there is less? Is that kind of like... Less, a, exactly. Okay. The threshold is less and you go into a collapsed state much faster. 
and you remain in this adrenal exhaustion, it's harder for you to recover unless you go through therapy or homeopathy. It's harder for you to recover out of there. So you stay in this adrenal compromised state, which causes then the cortisol imbalance. Remember the adrenal glands produce the cortisol. Mm -hmm. so when you get the cortisol imbalance, you get the reduction in melatonin, serotonin, dopamine, GABA, and therefore contributing to anxiety, depression, OCD, suicidal thoughts, the whole spectrum, right? So all these labels are really different names for the different intensities of a neurotransmitter imbalance. So that's kind of how the gut liver adrenal trauma. And that's a, a pretty big vicious cycle that just keeps either feeding on itself, but then there's mm -hmm. a lot of opportunity in there too, because there's a lot of places for bolstering. Yeah. And Absolutely. when you support one, you'll support the whole system, right? Um, Absolutely. One thing, I mean, I wanted to, to uh, talk about um, with regards to the trauma and the limbic system was, mm. was do, you, do you find any relation between uh, sleep, <clears throat> sleep issues and trauma? Uh, and if so, what are some patterns maybe that, that you see with that? Just because when you talk about limbic system, I, I started to think of like, you know, um, all, the, all the issues with sleep and, yeah. and possibly arousal that's going on that way. Right. So sleep, uh, I see, yeah, sleep and trauma are very much interconnected. Um, so number one, with the limbic system and affecting the adrenal system, uh, generally with the cortisol imbalance, melatonin drops and GABA, two neurotransmitters, very important for sleep. So trauma throws off the neurotransmitters through, yeah, through adrenal cortisol uh, connection. Also, with trauma, subconsciously, some people are very afraid of falling asleep because of fear of being attacked or fear of losing someone uh, if the person died while they were sleeping. They don't want to miss out on the moment that the person left their lives. Um, a lot of people who are traumatized end up grinding their teeth. Um, and so that can disturb sleep. Uh, some people who are traumatized actually have a lot of suppressed anger, right? They need to express the anger in, in a, a loud environment. So the body feels like they actually fought against something and survived, right? Because they got, because of trauma, they didn't feel they could shout out or protect themselves. They go into a freeze response and that's all stored here in the gut, ah, in the, in the jaw. Sorry. <laughs> and, um, so when you do release trauma, you find, I find, sleep improving significantly and um, naturopathic doctors are amazing at using homeopathy and acupuncture and even bowen therapy different therapies to help reset the adrenal response the limbic system response or the fight or flight response so that the body comes into a place of safety of rest and can rebuild itself and sleep can return to normal because mm -hmm. it is important to move that out of the body Absolutely. And uh, move that out of the body and also um, give the body a sense that it can survive. See, in trauma, the body, some theories are like, um, we kind of separate, we dissociate from the trauma. One part wants to fly away so it doesn't get harmed again. And we can bring back all parts of a person together, yeah, in a sense of congruency in your body so all parts are with you and you feel safe living life, then your whole limbic system starts to rest. Mm -hmm. And so what are the, what, you know, when you're working with a, with a patient, and I'm sure this is very different for every patient, but what are some of the tools you're using, whether it's from, your, you know, creating those naturopathic foundations in those essential systems you talked about, or maybe with your psychotherapist hat on for more mental emotional approaches? Like, what are some of the tools that you use to start shifting, um, you know, that trauma or, or coming to that place of safety? Okay, um, so one is homeopathy. Homeopathy is uh, an amazing medicine that you can heal trauma from the past. There's remedies out there like aconite, um, Ignatia. Ignatia is fantastic if you've gone through a breakup and you feel betrayed. Natmure, also great for breakups and losing a loved one, especially when you withdraw and get resentful. Aconite is when you've had trauma, you've seen something dangerous. Like, So in, in Kenya, we had a lot of terrorist attacks from like, Al-Qaeda or Al-Shabaab and all those people. And so I treat a lot of people who literally saw people exploding in front of them or who had to hide from terrorists. And aconite worked amazingly well for them. And um, 
Aurum is great if you've had financial loss and you have suicidal thoughts, for example. So homeopathy is brilliant for that. And then, of course, to treat the gut, liver, adrenal system, uh, we use just herbs and supplements like probiotics, vitamin D, adrenal supporting herbs, liver flushing herbs. Super important to integrate them in the right way. Mm-hmm. And my book talks about this a lot. And then for trauma, in addition to homeopathy, I'll use, I use Gestalt Psychotherapy 1. I use EMDR. So I'm training EMDR, which is eye movement, desensitization, and reprocessing. Mm-hmm. It's used across the world for trauma work. Um, I use tapping, so emotional freedom technique, for example. And I use something called family constellations. One of my favorite therapies out there, actually, is quite mind-blowing. <laughs> That's a new one for me. Yeah, it's, it's, it's um, one of the most powerful therapies I've come across. Um, not so, like it's, um, how do I say this now? Uh, so family constellations therapy was started by a man called Bert Hellinger out in Germany. And it's the largest exploding, fastest exploding therapy out there in Europe at the moment. And it's based on basically healing imbalances in the system. And also um, taking on, I guess, information or energies that really don't belong to you as a person so for example if if um, your mom was abandoned by your dad or your dad was alcoholic and you rescued your mom right you became her confidant so in a way you step out of your role of being the child and you become your mom's partner in a way and you almost reject your father right that for a child even though it seems normal at that age, that loyalty, you, for the child, it's actually created an internal conflict, an imbalance that will affect their relationships and part, partners in the future. Because the child is meant to be the child to both parents equally, right? And in family constellations, they, you're taught how to bring back balance, to give back the power to the mother, and to, to honor both parents as the people who gave you life so that you can move forward in your life rather than being stuck and loyal to mm-hmm. a suffering person. I know it seems counterintuitive, but the power of family constellations really heals some very deep-seated issues that I've, I haven't even seen um, psychotherapy heal. Oh, it totally makes sense, though. Like, um, I've never, I never heard of it, um, but I, I get the concept of, you know, there's generally... Uh, a way that things are supposed to be like by laws of nature or whatever. Right. <clears throat> um, and you know, we, we react to our environment and, and I mean, all your, a lot of your programming of how you're going to be for the rest of your life and your brain is from childhood. And, and you know, that environment of your family or your family mm-hmm. constellation, um, the way everyone's roles are, man, that's got to set you up for, for a lot of uh, your life. Uh, absolutely so, so what's absolutely. what's the intervention then i mean what's what's the intervention then like is it is it like a, a psychotherapy sort of just understanding people's different roles and and re uh reframing them or what's what's the intervention okay so depending on the imbalance there's different interventions usually it's saying certain sentences um and also making certain moves so for example to restore balance between you and your mom you can push your hands into your mom's hand and say take it back mom take all your responsibility back I'm the child, you're the mom. Yeah, I trust that you have enough strength to carry this fate so that I can be your child again and you can see me as the child. Yeah, so you establish a better relationship. Mm. If there's been an abortion or miscarriage in the family and you believe you're the firstborn, for example, but there's a child before you, then what I do is I get the, the client, the person to stand in the room and feel both parents behind them and also feel the missing child behind them. So then my client recognizes their position as second in the family system, not the first. See, it's a big mistake in society now to ignore miscarried and aborted children. Um, I had a client with chronic anxiety. We did homeopathy and psychotherapy for like three months. We're not getting anywhere. Then I said, please go home and ask if there was a miscarriage in your family, right? Or something. Mm. And she was like, holy cow, you're right. My mom says there was. And so I got her to stand in that position and feel her second place. She didn't need therapy anymore. Like just everything just shifted. And she's like, oh my God, I was under such unconscious stress in my life that um, I didn't realize I was operating to take on this responsibility that wasn't mine. Like that's the first child's responsibility. Um, There's other things like when you're abused and stuff. So I combine 
a lot of, I mix it up now, right? It's not pure family conversation, but if somebody's gone through sexual abuse, for example, um, I'll get somebody to look at, um, look at the corner of the room, imagine the aggressive, the abusers there, and I'll get them to say certain sentences like, you know, take back, take back your cruelty or take back your sexuality, you know? Um, this, this is my body. You don't have permission right now. So I say confusing sentences because if I say you don't have permission, the person will go into a fight response and be defensive. But if I say you don't have permission right now, it's almost like the client buys time for themselves in that memory. Mm. And just by buying time, their body readjusts, their nervous system readjusts. It's like, oh my God, I have time to, then they can say F off or, you know, like to, to the imaginary uh, abuser and just saying F off or swearing and expressing some anger from the jaw then gives the feeling that they actually fought against something and their body comes out of that frozen state, right? And when you come out of the frozen state, then the adrenal glands heal, the limbic system heals and everything starts coming more into balance and then sleep improves. Right, because you start self-regulating again. Could you talk to us about the nervous system? Because I think it's something that, you know, Dave and I might think of it from a more, you know, physiological point of view. You know, we throw words around like fight or flight, oh, that's sympathetic. And then I know mm -hmm. a psychotherapist, there's different theories like the polyvagal theory and stuff. I'd just love to hear your description of the nervous system. Wow. That's a big one. I know. Yeah, for the <laughs> listeners, we, we just saw his face and he's like, whoa, it's a big that, question. I know. I, I, I understood. It's a big question, right? Because it's a big... It's a, mm -hmm. it's Kara, a you big have a patient question. in half an hour, you know. We, okay. So I'll be I'll fine. <laughs> make it quick. I won't give you the... So my understanding of the nervous system, let's say we're perceivers. We perceive something and then um, based on our perception, we, we give signals different parts of our nervous system to our body yeah so the nervous system envelops the whole body it's not just wires around right everything mm -hmm. is innervated mm -hmm. and so after we perceive something threatening or loving or whatever uh, we send those signals to our entire body so then our entire body responds right um, I believe there's a book called the body keeps score um, it talks mm -hmm. about how trauma is stored in the body and so you might get a frozen shoulder or your, your hamstrings might get tightened, right? Um, or your jaw might start grinding. You might start grinding your jaw. Um, and that's really the nervous system um, kind of reacting in the body, then reacting to the nervous system, right? So everything responds to the perceiver. The nervous system responds to the perceiver and then the body responds to the nervous system, which is responding to the perceiver. And so that's why trauma can create like ulcers and back pain and headaches and things mm -hmm. like that, because it's, it's all happening at the same time. The body's just a representation of what the mind is going through. And that's not the best biological explanation of the nervous system, but that's... No, but no one's been able no. to figure it out anyway. Like, <laughs> and no one's been able to perfectly scientifically without reaching a little bit into a little bit more esoteric stuff. It's, it's, mm -hmm. I mean, I've, yeah. I've listened, I'm so weird. I've listened to metaphysics on this stuff, but it's, it's, um, yeah, it's hard to explain. I think that's great. And also like what you and Kara have both said this in your language, uh, which is about like the body holds things. And, um, mm -hmm. I think, I think that's really interesting now that I've, I've done a little bit more, um, body work like i've done some uh i mean i i, I did uh the baral uh uh visceral manipulation uh training uh of the abdomen and i've seen people have emotional experiences only from uh touching like or or manipulating it's not the right word uh sort of mobilizing uh organs yeah. and it's very strange that they don't know what's happening really. It just sort of comes out and it's, it's like there's something trapped in the body, which I, I don't know how to make sense of, but I, I do observe it. Mm -hmm. It doesn't happen all the time, but it's really interesting. I, I think I, your answer was great because, you know, when you think of the, when you think of nerves or mental health, you think of a feeling and I just, mm -hmm. I love the way you described it shows that it's, 
it's how that affects the body and, and vice versa, that it's, that it's a bi-directional um, implications there. Definitely bi-directional and very core to healing long-term anxiety and depression and mental health issues. Mm-hmm. Right? Because when you heal this frozen response, you might not be aware of it consciously what, what's happening. But when you use methods like Dave's talking about or use acupuncture or homeopathy that gets into hidden traumas and they get released from the body, then um, the struggle in anxiety and depression reduces really fast, really fast. Otherwise, you're on supplements all the time or different medications, and it doesn't make sense, right? But when you can really heal the perception and the nervous system at the same time. So when you heal the perception, you get a paradigm shift, then the nervous system catches up and heals as well. Mm-hmm. You know, when you realize, oh, um, the person's far away, and I'm actually now bigger and more of an adult than what I thought the abuser was big when I thought the abuser was bigger than me, that's a paradigm shift. And when you get a paradigm shift, the nervous system adjusts as well. When the nervous system adjusts as well, it stresses the adrenal glands less. And when that happens, of course, less adrenal burnout, less cortisol imbalance, and less neurotransmitter imbalance as well. So it's like you're getting out of the way of your, of your nervous system. Cause like it, it sounds like with diet, like one thing with diet and gut, one thing I talk about is like getting rid of bad things is usually more important than like adding tons of good things. I mean, there's exceptions for everything, yeah. but generally it's like if you're eating something like r- pretty horrific or it's just bad for you because your neuroimmune response is weird to some food like chicken or yeah. something like it can be anything. Once you get rid of that, it's not about adding more broccoli and cantaloupe. It's, it's like, it's so impactful just to get rid of, get out of your own way or whatever. And it sounds like um, that's like a way of doing it with the nervous system. Like you're getting that old um, pattern out of the way and then, ah, like harmony resumes in some way. You hit the nail on the head, Dave. Exactly that. You become more authentic again. Yeah. Because all these altered beliefs and um, compensated beliefs are what reinforces trauma. And unfortunately, you know, there's so many books on positive thinking and thinking well. Mm. I mean, it helps a little bit, but for some people it's very stressful because you're not healing the core belief system that's damaged. And mm-hmm. so I always go to the core and then you can add positive psychology and stuff like that on top. Mm-hmm. And I assume too that the, there'd be similar blocks to healing if you're only approaching it from a you know, talking point of view, right? When you can bring the body therapies in, do you find that that really uh, integrates things? Yeah, good question. Better? Yeah. And that's why I think naturopathic doctors are one of the best therapists or doctors to go to for mental health because they also include treating the body, right? So for example, if somebody's liver is compromised, they have a toxic liver and a poor diet that's causing inflammation, um, you can talk till the cows come home, but you're still going to have low serotonin levels, yeah? And so naturopathic doctors are amazing at, you know, removing certain foods and healing the gut, detoxifying the liver, which are also very core to mental health. So when you're treating mental health, you definitely got to understand what the root cause is. Whether it's a diet-related issue, or it's a combination of diet as well as old traumas. And everyone is carrying some sort of baggage and everyone has some sort of inflammation. Right. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, so heal the baggage, emotional baggage, as well as the inflammation and the liver toxicity and your health skyrockets. I mean, one of the things I like to do is show people how like really good clinician uh, naturopaths think. And, and I'm just going to throw one at you and just see what you what you would uh, would do with this this idea. So say someone comes to you and their physical body mm-hmm. is you know, say you've got labs or you've done some physical exam and, or maybe they're extremely overweight or they um, have constipation issues. Like their physical body needs a lot of work just if you only looked at that. But they've also got um, sort of like some mental health issues, some traumas, which I think we all do to some degree from talking to you. I'm like, okay, I guess I have some too probably. But anyway, um, <laughs> if, you've got, if you've got like the combination of like some, some traumas uh, sort of mental, emotional, neurological aspects, and then you've got like the body just needs some help. Where do you start? What would you, what would you, you see that? I mean, I know that's very rough, but generally what, what are you, what's you, I have a, I have a feeling of the way I would go, but I want to know what you would do. Cause this is more your jam. Okay. Um, so first things I always start with the body, 99% of the cases, 
unless somebody's coming specifically for trauma counseling. So I'll explain to them how, you know, the gut-liver connection works. So a lot of people are on laxatives, for example, for constipation, which is a big mistake because most constipation comes from a stagnant liver. And I'll explain how bile lubricates the intestine. Anyways, I'll explain things to them. Then I'll get them on gut healing, liver cleansing, and adrenal support supplements. Yeah, after they really understand why they need it. And during the visit, while they're listening as well, I intuitively pick up on stuff that they've gone through. And I'll say, okay, and some of this, your adrenal glands are really tired because you possibly, it seems like maybe, um, you know, your mom, your mom abandoned you while she was going to visit her sister and you were left alone with your dad and you didn't know what happened. And then they'll, I'll touch a vulnerable spot and they'll, they'll suddenly feel emotional. And um, when they feel emotional, I'll hold them in that vulnerable space and say, okay, just feel that vulnerability and let the emotions come up. So if there is a chance in the visit, although there's not much mm. time, I will hold some emotions, some, I will help them release some emotions and then bring them back to the physiological. Then I'll say, great, once we stabilize your body, we'll be working on trauma then as well. Um, and it seems like, you know, this specific trauma is affecting you, even though we're healing the physical body, let me add this homeopathic remedy like Ignatia or Natmure or something like that to help you move through this trauma from the past. I'll give them a homeopathic prescription in the first visit possibly as well, just to help release that nervous system from the chronic anxiety and tension. And so the physical medicine really helps them feel the results because when you heal the physical body, their mental health automatically improves and they're more compliant than once they see results and then they're willing to stick to the therapy a bit longer. Mm -hmm. I, 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 I just, you just talked about uh, Ignatia and I can't help but share this, uh, this new revelation I've, I've noticed with Ignatia, which may just, it's basically what you're saying, I mean, but it, it's, it's, more, it's very specific. I've used Ignatia twice in the last uh, three or four months on two patients. Uh, one who uh, lost a loved one. Uh, it wasn't sudden, but it was still, it was taken as just like a absolute uh, total grief, like absolute life turned upside down, even though it wasn't a, a very quick um, thing. Yes. And then someone else, uh, what was her, she has, she has tons of trauma. Like I, I'm not full, like I, I'm just part of her healthcare team, right? So I'm not fully equipped to do everything with her, but I, I work with her and both of them have this symptom of burning mouth, burning mouth syndrome. And I did all the, uh, you know, standard, wow. standard stuff like ALA. And I, I did a whole bunch of other, like that's alpha lipoic acid and, and other, uh, sort of standard issue stuff, uh, you know, and they're, they're under my care, so they know that I, I'm all about doing the foundations and basics. But here's the thing. That uh, Ignatia is the only thing that has budged that burning melt syndrome in both of them. And it, it uh -huh. holds it for like a week. It doesn't completely cure it. Yeah. But I just found that so there's clearly, like there is a clear mental, emotional etiology. The homeopathic comes in and then uh, the physical symptom goes. And it's it's like... For anyone with burning mouth syndrome, listen up. Ignatia <laughs> should be high on your list of of things, and I wouldn't be surprised if um, if there's some you know nervous system trauma behind that. Amazing, amazing. I actually no, I'm glad you shared that because I had a patient as well who had vaginal spasms after being shouted at by her longtime partner, and it was just an unexpected assault, and she was having vaginal spasms and painful sex. And, um, you know, you're doing hormonal balancing and things like that. But when we heal the trauma with Ignatia was the remedy I used at that time, a vaginal spasm stopped. Yeah. Mm -hmm. So the power of homeopathy to heal trauma, even from the past is, is unbelievable. Mm -hmm. I've just noticed to some of your examples, both of you, th there seems to be a lot of your examples have aligned very well with Chinese medicine too, which is the beauty of naturopathic medicine. We kind of take the best of everything. Um, but, you know, you had mentioned, you know, abandonment and, and talking about kidneys and adrenals and, you know, that's organ of fear or liver, anger, you know, long, I don't know if it extends to the tongue, but, you know, grief. Um, so just an observation Absolutely. as you've pulled examples in and talked about different organs, I've noticed there's parallels there too. Absolutely, because especially after, you know, long-term resentment and things like that and feeling of helplessness, 
then the liver st- suffers, right? And somebody might have more gas loading on a digestive stool and you're giving them liver support. And when you get them to really express anger, their bile starts flowing, mm. you know, and they heal in a, in a Chinese, pers- uh, Chinese medicine perspective. And when you feel that you can fight the dragon or fight the, the lion who assaulted you, then you come out of that fear state and the kidneys or the adrenal system then rebalances itself. So, yeah, thank you for mentioning that, Kara. Naturopathic medicine is, yeah, I love it because it integrates Chinese medicine, homeopathy, herbs. And other, other uh, areas of the world, they talk about a bilious temperament too, right? Yes, absolutely. <laughs> you, just, you just said about like, you know, you release that anger and the bile flows. I was like, <laughs> that's a bilious temperament, which yes. is, I think that's old Greek. I, I'm not sure. I don't want to, uh, this is, you know, always, I'm always scared I'm going to say something wrong on the podcast because <laughs> it's recorded. <laughs> But I think that we'd, for, other... we'd forgive you for not knowing okay. facts like that. But, okay. but I, I've heard those in the old books. You see that the bilious or the sanguineous temperament, depending yeah. on what yes. humor they call them humors, which is the yes. quality that's right in, in our system. Unani medicine from Asia, they also practice the humors, bile and sanguineous and stuff like that. And I will say that if everyone in, I mean, we can tear apart, um, deconstruct some old traditional stuff and, and try and take the best of it and, and throw out what doesn't work for us. But I, I have to say this, when, when a whole bunch of different traditional systems of medicine have come to the same conclusion, you need to listen, mm-hmm. right? There's something to that. So Absolutely. anyway, little plug Absolutely. for natural medicine there. <laughs> <laughs> no, it's true. I mean, Kenya is the first country that's uh, promoting, you know, healing your immune system and avoiding excessive carbohydrates during coronavirus. And I was blown away by this it. This is crazy. I want to literally clap into the microphone. I know. <laughs> yeah. Karen and I nearly, n- nearly like our jaws dropped when you told us this before we got recording. Yeah. Can you yeah. repeat that again? I think it's worth, worth repeating. <laughs> so, everyone, I'm allowed to say because I'm not regulated in Canada yet. <laughs> no. Here's my PSA. Wash your hands. <laughs> yeah. Um, you can heal the immune system with naturopathic medicine. There's amazing herbs out there. Um, and when you heal your gut and you heal the good bacteria in your gut, you help your immune system. And the Kenyan government is actually recognizing the importance of um, building up your immune system to fight coronavirus. So I hope everyone will take the example. Wow. And, um, you know, change your diet and heal your gut and use the right herbs and supplements. And I think we can all survive this. Then at least more of us can survive this rather than yeah. overwhelming our hospitals with sick people because, no one's promoting taking care of your immune system. That's you- so amazing. But what's even more amazing is that I have to even say that it's amazing. Like, it's, it's like, <laughs> <laughs> why do I even have to say that's amazing? It's so, it's, yeah. it's, it's like irrefutable, even yeah. with good hardcore science. Anyway, I'd sorry. love to hear just because you, you've brought up, you know, COVID and uh, the, the current thing that's happening in the world right now. What, what's the experience like uh, in Africa and Kenya? Like what's what's going on there? Right. Um, so for some strange reason, we don't have an escalation of deaths like other countries. And I don't know why. Maybe it's the yeah. vitamin D levels or maybe I'm not sure why, because we do have people who are obese and, you know, have diabetes and heart disease out here. Um, I think we started, uh, so we've locked down certain cities where they cannot leave the city. We, okay. we did that quite early. Um, so maybe that helped a lot. Mm-hmm. Um, I, yeah, it's it's same as other countries. Everyone's being careful. Um, people are washing their hands, wearing masks. You know, you have to wear a mask in the car, which I don't understand the logic behind, but anyway, so that's <laughs> happening as well. <laughs> um, so it's, we're, we're waiting like many other countries, but yet, for some reason, it could be lack of testing or lack of reporting. I'm not sure. Mm. Or it just could be that our weather is better. I'm not sure mm-hmm. why the, intent, the, the escalation is not as high as other countries. Mm-hmm. Is there much, there's not much of a seasonality to the, to the weather. It's more like wet and dry versus like hot and cold. Is that exactly? Yeah. 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 So, I mean, our cold seasons are, we get to about 10 degrees Celsius. Oh, you poor things. <laughs> How did you survive CCN, the Canadian college in Toronto? It gets cold there. Very painful, very painful journey. Very painful. The journey. dreads kept you warm. Exactly. <laughs> exactly. Okay, I yeah. want to, but in case we miss it, I just want to make sure that we we put this in that um, your your website. I mean, it's it's health dot 
dramit.com, right? Is that? Yeah, so it's D-R-A-M-E-E-T.com. There's a lot of free videos um, on healing the gut, liver, etc. I have an online course, which I'm using to help fund my community work. So I'd love you guys to get it. It was, it was a What's the course? One- What's the course, Amit? It's basically, um, so there's my book, which is called Heal Your Body, Cure Your Mind. And my online course has stuff from my book, but a lot of my exact protocols and extra videos and things like that, that really um, go to the nitty gritty of my treatment approach. That's the one I, I did. I think I did that one about five years ago. And it, it helped. Part of it. Yeah. Yeah. yeah for, so, and for any practitioners listening, uh, it was excellent. And Thank might you. might have shifted my stubborn brain into uh, starting to use homeopathy. <laughs> my my that's, that's conventional something. stubborn like Western brain was yeah. like, "Hey, <laughs> right, this, this guy's got the, something here." <laughs> <laughs> I cover the different remedies for uh, trauma, different types of trauma, as well as yes. anxiety and depression in the course as well. So, I mean, is the course for practitioners or is it for like the average person to read and help both. themselves? Both. So I actually made it for both audiences. Okay. Um, so I've simplified a lot of things. And then um, certain, certain naturopathic boards were giving continuing education credits for it at one point. Um, I have to double check if it's still valid or not. But so it has a lot of content. And for, uh, for the common public as well, people love it because I've really simplified you know, gut, liver, adrenal systems, and there's a lot of emotional release exercises in there as well that I use in my practice. Um, so it helps everyone. And um, when you get it, of course, it helps me continue my community work. Anyway, so. Yeah, wonderful. Huge. Yeah. What? I would feel be... like we could talk to we could, we could talk to this man for a long time. You you have to come back. Yes, please do. Please okay. do. We'll go, through, we'll go through all the homeopathic remedies we use in the bush for eye infection. Oh man, that would be awesome. Yeah. Okay. That'd be be so good because I think that's, I, I actually, uh, you know, there's a lot of our, you know, homeopathy is like the redheaded stepchild of naturopathic medicine. Like (laughs) it, it, it gets a real ass whooping by people even within our community, which I have to say, I understand why from one perspective, maybe it's the way it's taught, but also you can't throw away the baby with the bathwater. And there's so much that homeopathy does that, that other stuff just doesn't even come close to touching. And we've lost, I think in the more sort of like Western approach, new Western approach to homeopathy, we've lost like the old clinical like pearls that old medical doctors who used to do homeopathy were doing. And and you're doing that. And I think that's so cool. Uh, They do it in India too. I think we were just talking about how in India, they still do like what I'd say clinical homeopathic medicine and treat real problems like real not, not real not like other things aren't real but it, we've lost that real like base clinical cases and stuff like that yeah yeah i'm using it for you know thing like lesions um i had an it's hiv amazing. patient his wound was not healing for a long time and um just with homeopathy you know this big gouging wound started to heal over the next few months so amazing it's, homeopathy works in every situation and I think for, for me anyway, like, I mean, I'm not a homeopath to any degree. I basically take what, what you guys, I, I take the pearls from what you guys give me and apply it and, and have my base ones that I know just work. Um, but for me, it's been important just to be able to hold something that I don't understand. I don't get it. I'm like, what mm-hmm. the heck is this? Mm-hmm. And I can't have a rational understanding of it. Um, or no one has been able to explain that to me anyway, and yet be okay just holding that as a, this is what it is, and I'm okay with that if it helps mm-hmm. my patients. So, but that, that was the lesson for me. Thanks for your honesty, Kara. I think it helps a lot of people mm-hmm. come to terms with the unknown and trust that it works despite there being a lack of a scientific paradigm to explain what cannot be seen. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Ooh. Yeah. Yeah. Some deep, deep stuff there. <laughs> hey, okay, doc, we, Kara's, Kara's got to go uh, play naturopathic doctor shortly. So we have to, um, we have to cut to uh, what you think would be the most important thing that you want people to take home from our uh, conversation today. Like I, like I said, we could go on and on and like your wisdom's deep and experiences. I don't know if you sleep, uh, but you get a lot of stuff done, it seems. But anyway, let's, 
boil down all your wisdom as much as we can to one thing that you'd love the listener to take home from our, our chat today? I want to say get my book, but you do that yourself. Um, heal your That's gut. good. That's, you know that. what? That's probably the easiest one. <laughs> get the book is the first thing. But, but uh, for, the, for someone who's listening in the, in the car and they want something or wherever, they want something okay. like to boil it down. What, what do you think is the most important thing? Don't be afraid of your emotions. Use them as a gift. Yeah, use them as a gift to treat the root cause. If you have anxiety, depression, et cetera, find out what's the trauma that's not being healed. Or is it a food sensitivity? Is your liver toxic? Or your adrenal, are your adrenals burnt out? Yeah, don't be ashamed of mental health. You're not weak. Yeah, those, are, those are symptoms, a beautiful symptom of your beautiful body and your spirit calling out and saying, hey, you know, things can be mm-hmm. fixed. And your mental health state is not your personality. Don't confuse it. Yeah? You're not a paranoid person. You have thoughts of paranoia but it doesn't make you a wrong person. These are common symptoms with anyone who has a neurotransmitter imbalance. Don't take it personally. Treat the root cause. Love it. It's like, yeah. a, it's like looking at it from a place of curiosity. Yes, absolutely. Bingo. It's all yeah. about curiosity. Yes. Nice. I like that. You know what, Doc? This is why I do this podcast. And I'm sure Dave can say the same, is that we get to talk to beautiful doctors like you who, have, who are just bringing some really great things to healing the world. And so it's been a really great pleasure to talk to you today. Thank you. Lots of love to you and CCNM and to Toronto. And yeah, I miss you guys, man. <laughs> yeah, thank you so much. This, like Kara said, this is like, this is like the best education, even for me. I just love talking to, uh, to people who've got such a, a depth and breadth of, of knowledge like you. So yeah, thanks for bringing what you bring. Um, to the naturopathic game. Thanks as well, you guys, for having me on and obviously educating the public about naturopathic medicine, the importance of it in primary healthcare, in chronic disease, and in mental health. So, wonderful. We'll have okay. you back if yeah, you're coming you'll back. Have us. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Take care of me. Thank you so much. Oh, guys, big hug. Yeah. Really. Yeah. Thank you so much. Bye. Thank you. <laughs> Bye.